everyone, Lynn Smith here, and welcome to Stroller Coaster, the podcast that takes you on the wild ride of parenting that we're all on together. Created by Munchkin, no wonder they're the most loved baby brand in the world. And joining me as always, my producer, Justin. Hey, Justin. Great to be here, Lynn. You doing good? Doing great. Uh, just got back from a big family trip, so there's a mental readjustment after you've um, been out of your home for a week with two children. I flew on a plane for the first time with them, which was wild. It's one of the hardest things I think we do as parents. You're the one on the plane with your kids screaming. How many of us have been there? So we're going to talk with Jessica Averett. If anyone knows about traveling with kids, it is her. These aren't just like tips and tricks. This is a whole new way of looking at traveling with kids. Listen to this. She's been around the world to over 40 countries with five children. Her husband's there as well, but it's truly unbelievable. She is such a fresh way of looking at how you can actually enjoy packing the family up, heading out on a plane, or maybe you're going in a car, whatever it is, trust me, you're going to enjoy it once you hear her perspective. And then we're going to hear a feel-good story from Dustin Moore about how he and his wife got an unexpected surprise on their first flight with their newly adopted baby. It is such a sweet story, and it's going to make you feel better about flying with kids. It's a great episode, so let's get to it. Jessica Averett is a travel expert. She has to be. She spent the last decade traveling with her family of five. In fact, right now, she's in Central America in the middle of a six-month trip abroad. Jessica, thanks so much for joining us. You traveled to Nicaragua for six months. How's it going? (laughs) I mean, it's going really well. We can do our work from here. The kids can do school. And it's just so nice to have a different change of pace. We can focus on each other and we can focus on making memories. Mm -hmm. You know, last night my kids were out on the beach and they were playing Mm -hmm. soccer with the boys that lived a couple houses down. They could not understand each other one bit. And it didn't matter that they spoke completely different languages. They had so much fun. And so having experiences like that makes our kids realize that the world's a smaller place and that there's a lot more that unites us than divides us. What is that like when you kind of just go off grid? It is honestly the most freeing thing ever to have ultimate control over your time and your schedule and your family. In our minds, we are programmed to have so many things going on. And we feel like if we're not signing our kids up for a bunch of different activities or events, Mm -hmm. that we're failing them in some way. (laughs) But so So often, it's hard to be really intentional about your parenting and about what you're building with your kids when everyone else is trying to control your schedule. So while we're here Mm -hmm. and traveling, our kids do school, my husband and I do our work, and we just have the rest of the day to spend together. We're not living in full-time vacation mode. We're living in full-time intentional mode. Mm, I love that. And what about where you are traveling to? How do you figure out what to do there, and and how do you get information on the activities for the children? I will join local Facebook groups. Almost everywhere has, like, a mom's in this place, you know, like Nicaragua moms. Things like Mm -hmm. that are such good places to ask questions in so that you can get kind of some boots-on-the-ground information. The other way to do it is to get a general idea of where you're going, and then you get there and you just start talking to everyone and say, Mm -hmm. what are the best things to do here? What have you done so far that you liked here? And sometimes 
those are the best recommendations because they're not the things that are going to show up in the guidebooks. Those are the sure. those hidden gems that people aren't writing about because they're undiscovered yet. Mm-hmm. So it's even just as easy as just asking your waitress at a restaurant, hey, we're in town for a couple of days. Are there any things that you think we shouldn't miss? They might have some suggestions that you never would have thought of that are going to blow your mind. One of the things that I notice when I travel with my kids is it's easy to have that stress level go through the roof. (laughs) It happens quick. Everyone's freaking out. You're embarrassed because people are looking at you. The kids are going to have meltdowns at home. They're going to have meltdowns if we're traveling. Do you want (laughs) to deal with a toddler meltdown while we're on the beach in a tropical destination or (laughs) when you're you're at the park around the corner? It's happening either way. Yeah. And so you deal with it the same either way. It's important to keep our expectations of our kids consistent throughout the way that our kids interact with each other and that they interact with other people should be no different when we're traveling than they are when we're at home. And so once you establish that with your kids, it becomes so much easier and I, I laugh because sometimes when the trips are so stressful, I'm like, we're making memories, we're making memories, we're making memories, and then they're going to remember mom losing it. But what makes a trip memorable? Is it the, the experiences that we're having when we're, when we're there? Is it the fancy Disney trip and going to all of the theme parks? So our last house that we went to here in Nicaragua, we were there for a month, and we were doing all these great surfing things, and we took the kids zip lining and to cool restaurants and things like that. And we asked them when we left what their favorite part was. And their favorite part was when the power went out for two days. (laughs) And we got to eat every dinner by candlelight. And in the morning, the only thing you could hear was the monkeys and the birds outside. And Uh, three of our kids said that was their favorite thing is when we had no power. And in the meantime, you know, while all of this is happening and they're having the time of their lives because mom and dad aren't plugged in, we're not working, they don't have to do school. I'm a little bit stressed in the background. I'm like, okay, um, all of our food is rotting in our fridge right now. Um, (laughs) The freezer doesn't work. Uh, We've got some meetings we need to go to. And they were just having the time of their lives. And my husband's like, just let it go. Everything Mm -hmm. else is going to be just fine. Let it go. And I did. And it was amazing. We spent one night outside on the roof, stargazing for hours. And they still talk about it. It's just the little things. You don't have to plan a trip to a fancy exotic destination. You don't have to take your kids to see all the theme parks. The thing that makes memories is being intentional and just focusing your time and your energy on your kids. What are some of the tips that you have, like parenting hacks for when you're on a plane or when you're in these long travel situations that occupies the kids? I mean, especially five of them. Oh, goodness. I will start out by saying that there are different ages and stages that are much easier and others that are so hard. So a lot of people will try and travel with their kids, maybe when they're a toddler, and it will be a bad experience. They're like, I'm never going to fly with my kid again. Guess what? Every two-year-old in the world is so hard to fly with, but it also gets better. Mm -hmm. We have a couple of things that we do that really help us on planes. Take as little as you can. I know that sounds crazy because our natural instinct as parents is to be overprepared, but the less you can take, the better. Typically, we'll have our kids share a carry-on, and they each get one half, and we pack clothes that are 
easy to roll up small and that they're easy to wash. And clothes that are going to hide dirt really well. <laughs> I know that our natural <laughs> inclination is to just make sure that our kids are always clean and tidy. But the reality is that that just doesn't That's always work. Happen. And so yeah. we're wearing dark colors with patterns as often as possible on the younger kids <laughs> so that their clothes last a little bit longer so that if they spill at breakfast, it's fine to wear it until dinner time. So we go really minimal on the clothes that we take and also on what the kids are allowed to take. So they all have a Kindle that they take on every trip. And then we let them take a zip, like a sandwich size Ziploc bag of toys. If they can fit it in there, they can take it. If it doesn't fit, it's out. Just because the more stuff you have, the harder it is to transition anytime. It's even hard to transition from getting onto and off of the airplane. Just because the more stuff you have to keep track of, the harder it is. Yeah. I mean, it's just making me think like, and what about the families that want to travel, but they want to keep it local? Like how can they replicate what you're doing in Nicaragua locally? Like, is it a camping trip? What ideas do you have? Oh man, there are so many ideas. Camping is such an easy one just because it's a great way to disconnect because you're usually not plugged in as much. You don't have as many options for being pulled away with work and school and things like that. Whether or not you're going to fly to another country or go 20 minutes down the road, the benefits of traveling with your kids are enormous. Maybe that's taking an RV trip. Maybe that's going to grandma's house. Maybe that's saying, Mm -hmm. hey, we're going to tell all our friends and family we're going on vacation and literally just doing a staycation at home, not answering Mm -hmm. the door, not going to all your different activities and saying, we're just going to have a week and we're just going to be here at home. Let's read books together. Let's play games. Let's go for walks and bike rides. Don't send the kids to their activities. Don't go to their sports things. But you have to fully commit as a parent. Because if you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, we're going to have a staycation, and you're always answering work emails, and you're on your phone all the time, that defeats the point. Yeah. I also think a lot of people, they're going on a lot of these road trips. And it can be really hard. Kids stuck in their seats. I mean, my kids can't make it past the four-and-a-half-hour mark. It all goes downhill. So do you have any advice for for families that are – taking a road trip, some of the things that they can do? Plan lots and lots of breaks. It's so easy to say, okay, we've just got to like buckle down, put your head down, and we are just going to drive and drive and drive. We want them to enjoy the journey, right? Not just the destination. Just relax, take a step back and say, what is there to see between here and there? Also, just knowing your kids well. When all of our kids were really little, I knew that between one and three, they would be asleep. Yeah. And so we would always plan our trips right around then so that we could take advantage of that nap time. Jessica, I have so enjoyed this conversation. You are like major family goals over there. (laughs) You've inspired me. I know our listeners as well to not maybe take a six-month vacation. That might not be realistic, but to be intentional about the time that we get and making it memorable in the right way. Thank you for being with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, Justin, my biggest takeaway was mindset. And it's so interesting because I've just really started practicing this in my parenting, where if I stay calm, and (laughs) stroller coasters help me with this, if I stay (laughs) calm, I notice my children will not spiral out of control. So it's not that you're not going to have screaming kids on a plane, but it's how you react to it. 
Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I really like the way she talked about how when you're traveling, you can use the same routines that you do at home, the same um, tactics of moving past like a bad situation. You're just in a different place. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go around the world, but I think we can mirror that even just going into different areas of the country and just exploring different places. Yeah, Lynn, we talked a bit with Jessica about benefits to kids who travel, and I found out some facts to back that up. Dr. Robin Hancock, who's an expert on global education, talks about how brain development occurs in the first five years of a child's life, and especially the first three. So Mm -hmm. if you surround your kids in these early years with other people who are different from them, it can help Mm -hmm. them with things like speech development, confidence, and tolerance for new experiences. Such a good reminder, right? Really impacts no matter how little your baby is. Every time you get on an airplane with kids, you're going to feel a little bit of stress creeping in. So imagine if the first time flying with your child was only a couple days after you became a parent. Intimidating? Yes. And in the case of Dustin Moore's story, a little bit magical as well. Here's our correspondent Fleece with the parenting story of the day. Dustin Moore lives in Long Beach, California, and when he and his wife were ready to adopt their first child, they realized they were going to have to travel. My wife and I, when we finally were able to adopt our first daughter, she was born out in Denver, Colorado. And I mean, it was very intense. There was all these like extra travel details, like, okay, what do we got to do for an infant? What do we need to bring? What kind of clearance do you need? When you're adopting a baby and it's out of state, you have to wait for something called ICPC, which is like interstate compact parental something or other. It's basically the permission that says, okay, this is fine, clear. These are the actual parents of this child. Uh, They're not kidnapping them, taking them out of state. And so that got cleared really quickly. We were grateful for that. And we had a flight on standby. We were anticipating being there for several weeks. And after five days, they contacted us and they said, all done, you're good to go. And just two brand new parents who were very tender about all of this. Like, even as I'm driving the car to the airport, I'm like, Is this okay? Should I slow down? Should I watch out for a speed bump or something like that? We were just certainly heightened to a sense of our own uh, noobness, our level of novelty to being parents for the first time. Being a first-time parent is full of surprises. And there's no way Dustin could have predicted what would happen to him and his new family. And so then, then that's the point where things really took uh, a different direction that I absolutely did not anticipate that had just absolute significance and impact to us. So uh, here we are, we're sitting at the gate waiting for our plane to arrive. We're new parents. We don't know what we're doing, but we want to do it well. And we're just worried about taking care of our daughter, getting her home. And so my expectations were pretty minimal for what to expect from the flight. Once it was finally time to board, I quickly became very self-conscious in that moment of getting on the plane because here's my wife, who has a very young, uh, clearly a newborn child with her. And I am carrying the bags, like going forward slowly to make sure I don't hit anybody. And at the same time, I'm seeing people who are like looking up and like raising an eyebrow when they see Karen with like the very, very tiny baby and then just go about their business of what they're doing. So at that moment, I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, okay, I'm going to have to be apologizing to people this entire flight. It's going to be like an episode of Modern Family where we have to pay for everyone's headsets or something like that. So I was a little bit more on edge as we took our seats and got on the plane. We sat down. uh, My wife sat in the middle. I sat in the aisle seat. 
And uh, Mackenzie was fantastic. She was great. Uh, didn't make hardly so much as a peep. And she actually fell asleep when the plane took off. So I'm thinking like, cha-ching, all right, this is going to go swell. And um, about mid-flight, Mackenzie wakes up and is kind of fussy. And she's got a, a, a pee diaper. And so I'm in the aisle and I have my wife pass her over to me. And I stop the flight attendant, whose name was Jenny. And I asked Jenny, is there a spot in the back where I can go change her diaper? Because, you know, I'm new at this. I've never, never done this or tried this before. She was very nice and very accommodating. She said, let me go in the back and I'll get a space cleared for you. So I went back there. I changed her. And then after I was done changing Mackenzie, uh, Jenny and another passenger on the flight, they had been chatting with each other. And I brought Mackenzie out and they said, oh, my gosh, she's so beautiful. Your daughter's so beautiful. And um, then they politely just asked, you don't mind us asking, how come you have such a brand new baby? How come you're flying with her when she's so little? And that brought up the adoption story, where I, I, I told them about everything that had happened pre preceding that. And they just, again, were very kind, offered congratulations. And then I thanked them and I went and sat down. And then about 10 minutes later, uh, another flight attendant, Bobby, he comes and he kneels in the aisle next to us. And he's just got this big old grin on his face. And he says, hey, guys, so I hear you got some exciting news to share. And I'm like, um, well, this is our new daughter. This is Mackenzie. We just adopted her and we got clearance. So, yeah, we're we're taking her home right now uh, out to California. And he congratulates us. He asks a couple of other questions and then he walks away. So we both sit back and it's not even a couple of minutes that pass by when we hear the intercom come on. And I recognize the voice. It's the same flight attendant, Bobby, who's on the intercom. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, we just wanted to make a quick announcement. Hope your flight's going well and everything is going well for you. We just had a special bit of news that we wanted to share with each of you. We've learned that there's a very special, um, there's a, a very special guest on board this plane, Mackenzie Moore, who was just adopted a few days ago by her parents, Karen and Dustin, and is making her way home to California right now. And as soon as he finished talking, whole plane started cheering and applauding. Bobby said that they were going to pass out napkins, they were going to pass out pens, and anybody on the flight who wanted to could write their best wishes or write their advice or anything that they wanted to share for us, uh, for our family. They collected them and Bobby read some of them over the intercom. Some of them were rub each other's feet, rub the baby's feet, appreciate all the time because it goes by so fast, make time for date night with each other, and just a whole lot of other things on there. You had a couple of people who were like nannies in the area of Long Beach and offered their services to us, gave us phone numbers. One person gave us cash with a note saying, this is for the baby's college fund to get started. There was one person on that flight. She said, I was adopted by my loving mom and dad 64 years ago. Us adopted kids need a little love too. Thanks so much for doing this. They gave Mackenzie a little set of pilot wings as well. And it was just the sweetest thing in the world. And we learned that Bobby and Jenny, this couple, they were married. And somebody had had the idea to do this for them when they went on their honeymoon flight. Uh, you know, best advice for a newly married couple. And that was what gave Jenny the idea to do it when she had spoken with me and learned that our daughter had been adopted. When we got off the plane, I went ahead to go get our checked baggage and go find my my parents who were picking us up while my wife was like hanging back with like her new entourage, like her new <laughs> her new posse of people who are like following her and like asking the questions and telling her congratulations and asking about adoption, which we were obviously more than happy to talk about. And it was just so funny to me because at the end, I got over to the baggage carrier 
and my dad was waiting there and I was sitting there just obviously had this big smile on my face and feeling really good. And my dad looks back and he sees Karen walking up with this huge group of people in mass around her. And my dad being the observant one goes, what's going on over there? And I just told my dad, go meet your granddaughter first. And we got a cool story to share with you. Moments like this are so beautiful and rare, especially in the middle of a potentially stressful travel experience, people coming together to take care of each other. It certainly left Dustin with some important lessons. What I learned from this and what I've taken away from this as far as traveling with kids go is to not pass judgments on people very quickly, is to just be very cautious in whatever type of judgments I pass when I see a parent with their kids. Who knows what stage of the flight they're in? Who knows how far of a flight it's been? Who knows how their kids have been? So for me, rather than just getting irritated like, yeah, do something about your kid, um, it lets me exercise a lot more patience for people realizing is that just you don't know what their situation is. You don't know what the circumstance is. You know, you might gain a lot more by just being friendly and saying like, how's it going? Had a long time traveling. How's your kids doing? Something like that. Just being a little bit more engaging in a constructive way for people because traveling with kids is hard enough as it is. You'll get a lot further being kind than you will being a jerk or just passing judgment, assuming they're a bad parent. Justin, you can actually hear it in Dustin's voice, how that moment affected him. And it's like we can all take some version of writing a note (laughs) and just be that kind of comfort for others. And just hearing that story refreshes your faith in like humanity. And I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why you travel is to to get out of your routine and see people and let them affect you in the way that these people changed (laughs) Dustin's life. It's Mm -hmm. uh, it's such a a great story. That's a great way to kick off parenting, to know that you've got other people, (laughs) they've got your back. And that's the show. Thanks for taking the wild ride with us. And thanks to Jessica Averett and Dustin Moore for joining us. And as always, thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends. And thank you to Munchkin. No wonder they're the most loved baby brand in the world. You can find all your favorite Munchkin products at munchkin.com. And at Stroller Coaster, we're all about community. So we want to hear from you. If you have a question or a topic you want to hear more about, don't hesitate to reach out to us at podcast at munchkin.com. Hey, Justin, you going to tell us about story time? Yes, I would love to. So Stroller Coaster <laughs> Storytime is another podcast we do that's for kids. We take mm-hmm. classic children's stories and we do them in our own way with improv actors. Uh, it's super fun. I'll give you an example. Um, you've heard of the three little pigs. Well, we sure. have the four little pigs. Uh, here's a clip. And finally, it was time for the big house building contest. The three pigs built their houses. The fourth pig provided the music. DJ Oink! Okay, that's definitely not in the original, but certainly fine. My kids are down for that. <laughs> that is accurate. So where can we find it? It's right here in the same feed. Just look for Stroller Coaster Storytime. Before we go, Munchkin invites you to join us in helping make the planet a better place for our kids. Support organizations that protect animals and their natural habitat, like IFAW, the International Fund for Animal Welfare. And now that you're ready to do something for the planet, here's something you can do for yourself. Take a time out. Today, let's take a stroll in what may be the ultimate paradise for nature lovers, breathtaking Yellowstone National Park. Home to more than 200 waterfalls and an impressive array of birds and wildlife, including the magnificent grizzly. 
after almost facing extinction, the bear has made a remarkable recovery, multiplying their ranks by nearly seven times. And it's all thanks to the efforts of animal welfare organizations. Let's all continue to keep beautiful grizzlies safe in their natural habitat for future generations to come. Enjoy. Enjoy. 